Hey, hey, this is Complete Sports Talk. This is John. I'm Dylan. Let's do this. Dude, this is like a, I won't say a football crisis. This, in my lifetime, this is the craziest, I don't know what, free agency period. It was like a gluttony of free agency. I don't know. I just got to say one thing. NFL, thank you. <laughs> From the bottom of my heart, while there is nothing going on sports related, you saved us free agency. Oh my God, I thought I was going to go crazy. I was like, I was trying to think of my other podcast. I was like, what am I going to talk about? Think about old topics. And then it's like, Monday happened. I'm like, are you, what? Like, obviously we knew about a couple of guys, but I thought when I heard about the Hopkins or Brady, I was like, wait, that could be not true. But again, there's more behind the scenes that we don't know about because we're just fans. I I figured he was going to stay in New England, but I, I said before, if there is a, if he leaves, it would only be to the Niners, and then we knew that wasn't going to happen well. We really, really hoped that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> and then the Bucks once he once he he put that that uh, thing out and on Instagram that post that he's leaving, I was like, it's the Bucks. I mean, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Godwin make that a pretty easy decision. And OJ Howard, I can't remember. I mean, all those guys too. Mm-hmm. And think about it, obviously there was a story. I don't remember when it came out. It said it was twenty nineteen training camp. But Tom Brady was just about to walk out. They gave him a little bit more money, and he stayed. Well, this tells me here with this contract, it's not. it wasn't just about money. He knows, yeah. hey, I have a couple of years left. Sooner or later, I'm going to fall off the cliff. I'm not saying it's going to happen now. I'm not like Max Kellerman on first take, but he wants to enjoy his last couple of years. It's easier to travel to family. You know right now you can win because, yes, you can develop the chemistry with those receivers, but those are guys in the draft. That takes years to develop like you did with Julian Edelman. Mike Evans finally, for the first time in his career, has a quarterback. He's had a thousand yards every year. It's scary that he's going to get better. He's played with Mike Glennon. That name doesn't sound familiar. Um, Jameis Winston. So finally, a guy that's putting up numbers and can do great. I mean, think about it here. Bucks great defense. It's a great thing overall. Yeah, it, and it just it makes it exciting. That's what next year. There's a lot of. There's good teams. It's going to be different. There's a lot of big names in new places, and it makes it exciting. The Niners kept 20 of our 22 starters from the Super Bowl team. Makes it exciting. But the, you know, just, it's a good, it's a good fit. I mean, there's no, he got $30 million in Tampa. The Chargers would have had to give him like 35 or 36 to make that same amount of money because there was no tax in Florida and there is tax in California. So I think I did the math on, I assumed he was going to get 64 years 64 years, he would have been taxed $8 million. 64 years. Yeah, that's about the same thing. He's going to be older than me. <laughs> it's okay. I made mistakes. Hey, he said he wanted to play until he was 100. No. <laughs> $64 million. On $64 million in California, that's $8 million in tax. So they would have had to pay him 72 to equal out what the, you know, the bucks 64. So just money-wise, he's making more than it actually looks if you compare it to the Chargers. He's got those receivers, made an easy decision for him, and they're going to be good, man. Their defense is solid. You got Mike Evans and Godwin with Brady. That's just scary. So that the NFC South has Tom Brady, Breeze, Breeze, Bridgewater, Ryan, and Bridgewater. That's a pretty dang this solid. This is going to be interesting. And here's, here's the thing. Here's what I thought too with that him going to the Bucks. Potentially, do we see Breeze versus Brady NFC Championship game twenty twenty one? That would be my ultimate game for next for this uh, next uh, postseason. This is the last season under this old NFL CBA. Yeah. That would be interesting. 
we never got to see a Brady or Breeze versus uh, Manning Super Bowl. So, I mean, this is the closest thing we can similarly get to it. Breeze and Brady in the championship game, that would be interesting because they're or, both in their 40s. Or, <clears throat> yeah, but I would rather see Brady Garoppolo. Well, of course I would too, but realistically, <laughs> I'm going to probably see... Actually, I, I think that would actually probably be a little bit more realistic because, like, I've talked about Drew Brees and his playoffs. And the Saints... Okay, well, since we got the Saints, let's jump into it. Emmanuel Sanders picked up. You got Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas together? But again, Michael Thomas had that career year last year, but they were out in the wild card round. They will make it to the playoffs next year. Drew Brees does great things in the regular season. But like I said, when it comes to the playoffs, he doesn't get it done. He's won a Super Bowl, and he should have been to two Super Bowls if they didn't get robbed by the refs. Okay, first so. of all, I can agree that's a penalty. But again, let's say that it is a penalty, which I believe it was. What did you do with the opportunity after in overtime? Yeah, but so you're saying he does nothing in the playoffs. He's won a Super Bowl. He's done something. How many in the years playoffs. ago was that? If we're going to be biased about uh, people, not ten years ago. What has he done since then? Since that Super Bowl run, which not take away, that was great. But since then, you've done nothing in the playoffs. You have a losing record in the playoffs. So at some point, I'm not saying it's all on Breeze, but Breeze has to get some of that that lack of awareness against the Vikings when you were down against Case Keenum. This year, too, there's like a third and fourth down play. You basically, uh, the uh, Everson Griffin, Harold Smith, and all those guys trying to rush to get to you, and you didn't see the guy. Okay, we have too, many, to throw too the ball. many free agents to talk about to go down that route. I know. Oh, sorry, it's a rabbit hole. So <laughs> who, who was their number two wide receiver last year? Maybe Jared Cook. Yeah. And he's a tight end, so. <clears throat> so you drop you drop E-Man in there. But and so, I mean, I... And that's the that's exactly the kind of contract I wanted the Niners to pick him up on. Two years, he was talking about four or something. You're 32, 33 years old, and you're not getting four years. So two years, decently paid, not making him, you know, super high. And obviously, you know, the Niners got like twelve million in cap left, and they figured eight of that on him was too much. So I mean, you you know, he's he's not going to be a thousand year receiver. You're going to give most of the over sixty percent of the uh, throws to Thomas. Yeah, I mean, and and with. With the Niners, there he didn't. His stats weren't great, but when he came in, me watching every game and knowing what I'm talking about, he changed the offense. He completely oh, he changed sure. it, and it opened up Kittle. It opened up Debo to have the year that he had. Debo wouldn't have been able to do what he did without Sanders being there. And number three wide receiver Kendrick Bourne is still not signed by the Niners. So I mean, I know they got a. I know they've got a plan. I'm just not quite sure what it is. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm thinking. There's OBJ talk that came out last night. I don't see it happening because they pretty much they got to use up all their cap to get that done, and so I don't see that happening unless the player that they give up is somebody that you know was making a good chunk. But really, like I said, I don't see that. They've got twenty of the twenty-two starters returning. A lot of teams can't say that. So since we're on the Niners, Buckner, and this is what it. I mean, to get a thirteen, a number thirteen pick. Number one overall, that's a pretty good mm-hmm. get. And, I mean, Buckner's a heck of a player. You can't replace him. But these are the tough decisions that you got to make to keep a good team together, or yep. else you're going to look like the Rams in a couple like, of years. I'm not a 49ers fan at all. But when people are freaking out, oh, my God, we're so screwed now. I was like, first of all, have you looked at the whole defense? You got D. Ford, Armstead, Bosa, Sherman, Witherspoon, Fred Ward, all these guys. No doubt. So don't tell me. Like, obviously, we know, we're not going to doubt what he brought to the team, but don't tell me that 
without him that your defense can be the same with that 13th overall pick. Nice. You're going to find a guy. You obviously cannot replace DeForest Buckner, but you can find a guy that can do something different than DeForest Buckner. But on the other side of that, you have a good defense. You have a stacked, well defense defense. So Maybe. I don't see On the defense, there's 10 of those 11 starters coming back. So, so one guy, you know, he's still... He was, he was a key guy, yes, but if you look at it, they it was either Armstead or Buckner. And I figured it was going to be Buckner that they kept. When they signed that Armstead, when they signed Armstead that came through first, I was like, hmm, what are they doing here? Because I know they don't have the money to pay both of them. Mm-mm. So once Armstead got extended, then you know, something was going to happen. And then it's you know 13th overall for Buckner. That's a, that's a good get. And the reason... It was basically what they're looking at. It was one of those two guys also. They can only afford to keep one of them. Armstead actually led the team in sacks last year. It's the first time he's done that. And QB hits, too. Yeah. So it's the first time he's done that. And so can he do that consistently for this five-year contract? He better. I'm going to go slap him. But they they could get more for Buckner than they could Armstead. They could have signed either one of them. But if they tried to do a signing trade for Armstead, they're not going to get the number 13 overall pick. So they got the pick between one of them. They got more in return for Buckner, and that's that's the way they went with it. So I mean, obviously there's no doubt that Buckner is a great player. But I think people, when we make decisions or trades off of emotions, it doesn't work. And I think they obviously didn't do that. But the 49ers like, oh, my God, how could you trade? Was like, First of all, again, I can say this over and over. That defense is together. For probably a couple more years, and I've said this before on my other podcast, when you a team wins a Super Bowl, keeping those guys together, it doesn't happen. You see guys going free, and so you see guys retired. If you have guys like Laquan Alexander willing to reconstruct his contract, I think like you were saying, to have somebody to spread that around to keep the team, the, the team, the team together, then that's a big thing right there. Like you were saying again. Keeping the team together for as long as you can is one of the hardest things for an NFL team to do. Perfect example is your 49ers in 20, after that Super Bowl, like a year or so later, Patrick Willis retired from Marco Crabtree to the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders. Then you have, I mean, who else? Then you got Frank Gar going to the Colts. So being able to keep those guys for as long as you can and the way Jimmy Garoppolo's contract is set up, I think they're, they'll be fine. This is not overreact there. Yeah, and that's, you know, these are the decisions you have to make. If you can get, see, Armstead could have just walked. Not Armstead, Buckner. Come on today, Dylan. Ow. Um, Buckner could have just walked, but they managed to get a number 13 pick for him. That's a, that's a good job on the front office. People don't look at that. He's a free agent. He was not under contract for anything. He could have just been gone, and we got the number 13 pick for him. Come on now. That's a, that's a good get for a player that could have just left. Well, reversing it for the Colts side now, two things. Buckner... Rivers, I think for the Colts, they're not going to make the playoffs next year. Defense is going to be phenomenal. Obviously, you got the veteran leader in Justin Houston and uh, Gerald Sheard. I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, he was injured last year, but he's still a good defensive player. You got Buckner. But again, when he signed Philip Rivers, was it a one-year deal with $25 million? People are like, Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. He is thrown for almost 60,000 passing yards. First of all, that's what I call empty calorie stats. If we're going to criticize a player for throwing for a bunch of passing yards and doing nothing with it. We need to do the same with Rivers. Philip Rivers has more kids than he has rings, which is zero. What has he done? How is he going to make the team better? I mean, he's got more more kids than Tom Brady has rings. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. But it's like at some point, if we're going to criticize guys or say that, oh, he's throwing for a bunch of passing yards and he's a Hall of Famer, then 
Kirk Cousins is a Hall of Famer if we're doing it by that logic. He's starting for a bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns if we're doing it by that logic, which isn't good logic at all. You say Kurt Warner? No, uh, Kurt Cousins, sorry. Uh, I'm like, Warner is Kurt, a Hall of Famer, He's a Hall of Famer, right? obviously. But if we're doing it by that logic, then okay, Kurt Cousins is a Hall of Famer. Matthew Stafford's a Hall of Famer. Obviously, we know Matthew's not going to get in that right. But Kurt Cousins is a Hall of Famer. How can you tell me that Philip Rivers makes the Colts better? What I thought they were going to do with the way their team is built, they're looking to build a dynasty or built for the next two to five to six years, six years from now. So you basically have them for one year, probably not make the playoffs. Next year, you're going to have to find a quarterback, either for agency or the draft. And we're not going to see free agency period where there's a bunch of quarterbacks available to sign or trade for. I, this just isn't a good deal in general. You can be like, how dare you say that? I'm just being honest here. Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer, but he's a fraudulent Hall of Famer. Throw for 60,000 passing yards, never really done anything with it, never appeared in a Super Bowl. Been to one AFC Championship game. That was against the Patriots, January 15, 2008. And you lost. You played with Dan Thompson and Antonio Gates in your prime. If we're going to criticize a guy for throwing for a bunch of passing yards and touchdowns, but does nothing with it, then do the same for Philip Rivers. He, Jacoby Brissett. They just paid him last offseason, too. Right after Luck retired, they gave Brissett. It was more, I forget exactly. Two years, 30, 15-year. <clears throat> around that. But. Okay, then they're, and they were trying to show him confidence. You're a guy, and now they trade him in for... What? But, so Brissett's probably headed back to the Patriots. Yes. So, I mean, they got nobody. They got nobody. I figured, I figured, you know... They were going to get one of these free agent quarterbacks, and they couldn't get anything. But there's so. also a rumor that they tried to get Diggs or Hopkins before all the other stuff happened. Or they tried to. But I was like, first of all, I don't believe that. Because Bill Belichick doesn't believe in paying high money for receivers while they trade for those guys. Yeah. And I think on the other side of back Tom Brady trade, just for a second, this he obviously Tom Brady has nothing else to prove. I don't think he does, even though I'm not a fan of him. But it's two things here. Can Tom Brady win the ring without Belichick or before or before Bill Belichick. I mean, obviously he can. He has the roster. I think that's one of the reasons he left too. He's heard. He's heard as well that everyone said he's a system quarterback, couldn't win without Belichick, blah blah blah, and he just he wanted to prove that wrong. So I definitely we shall see. I think Bill Belichick though. I say when they see the credit from Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, I say it's fifty fifty. Yeah. Because here's the thing here with. Tom Brady being able to handle the style of coaching of Bill Belichick, the way he is as a person, as a coach, that no other quarterback could have done that. It's not just about numbers. On the other side, though, Bill Belichick, yes, he was the coach of the Cleveland Browns and won a playoff game, but a guy that was on the Jets for, what, maybe a day, and to revamp his career with a sixth-round pick, that's why I say it's 50-50. Yeah, I think it was harder, it was harder for Tom Brady to leave Kraft than it was to leave Belichick. I mean, my, I'm obviously because everything in football, when we saw free agency this offseason, they say everything is not what it seems. I mean, obviously Kraft, I mean, shoot, Tom Brady went up to Kraft in 2000 with that mini camp or training camp. So I would be the best decision he ever made. They obviously had a personal connection, and we know that when they traded Garoppolo in, what, 2017. And Belichick wanted to keep Garoppolo and trade Brady back then, so. Which I... I don't, I mean, we'll look at it now. Should I have? No, but that's a rabbit hole for another day. But I think, though, with potentially Brissett going back, I don't see how that He's, he's familiar with it. There isn't anybody else. They've got their, 
Liggett or whatever their backup's name is. But uh, he's not Jared Stidham. Stidham. He's not ready to be well, of course not, starter. But, so. but again, maybe you bring in a veteran quarterback, but again, there really isn't anybody available. Yeah. That's what I figure they'd maybe, if they got confidence in Stidham, then they bring Rivers in for one season or Brissett's familiar with the offense, so there's that option. Plus, you don't have to pay him a lot of money either, and that's what Bill Belichick loves. That's his bread and butter, especially for a quarterback. Yeah. So what started all this craziness off is Hopkins. Okay. That was the first big move that left me like, (laughs) what the... And then to the Cardinals, dang it. Come on. <laughs> At least give them away to somebody else. I still can't wrap my hand around it. I was playing uh, playing pool with one of my cousins and my mom in the pool area before they shut it all down. And I saw that. I, w- I almost said a word and I wasn't supposed to. I'm like, what the flip? Like, first of all, in my opinion, DeAndre Hopkins is the best current receiver in the NFL. Because look at it. Before Deshaun Watson... He put up 800-plus receiving yards every single year with, I can't met, number or name, every single QB he's had before Deshaun Watson. Even, he was even there, had over 1,000 yards when, was it Brock Osweiler got that trade? How did that work out? And first of all, uh, Bill O'Brien, you're a joke of a head coach. I mean, seriously here, you get less for and DeAndre. GM. And GM. Exactly. And when you do that, it doesn't simply work. You think you're Bill Belichick? Are you mentally stupid? First of all, you get less for him than you do for Stephon Diggs. Again, no disrespect to Stephon Diggs, but he's not on the level of DeAndre Hopkins. Agreed. DeAndre Hopkins has been on an all-pro, pro cover level, 100-plus receptions, over 1,000 yards the, <coughs> excuse me, the last three years. You got to so, breathe, brother. Breathe. Sorry, it's not the corona cough, I promise. <laughs> but, but that kind of receiver, you don't ever get in, in. We don't ever hear anything bad about him off the field. What, do we do that? And then you dare mention... Aaron Hernandez in that conversation, a guy that potentially did murder somebody versus a guy who's been a great ambassador for on and off the field. You don't have an issue with him or his work ethic. First of all, you can, you don't have to agree with him having multiple baby moms or whatever. That's none of your business. I don't have to agree with it, but for you to mention that you're basing that, like I said, basing a trade off of emotions never works. So how can you honestly tell me that you get David Johnson, who hasn't been Jack Garbage since 2016. And he's getting paid $13 million this year. 12 something. First of all, you're going to be about 30 years old. And I said this, though. I don't know if I said on here. I said they should re- find a way excuse me, to re-sign Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. Because they're a receiving type of running back that helps the skill set of Sean Watson. They don't do that. I don't even remember where Carlos Hyde goes. And you, It just doesn't make any sense here. And then you have video... Uh, back in December, where a fan tells Bill O'Brien, hey, you suck. Yeah. And it's like, guess who's behind him trying to bail him out? DeAndre Hopkins. So just, just that video, and now shows who Bill O'Brien is as a head coach. And you put him as a GM. You're like, oh, John, he's won the division almost every single year. Well, guess what? We don't give gold stars or participation trophies. He's never made it past the divisional round. I mean, potentially you're re-signing some of these guys at ex-Brown safety, and you may not pay Larry Tunsil. You don't think that made a big difference? And then Will Fuller, who can't stay healthy to save his life. Kenny Stills, who I don't think is a number one receiving option. Then you have J.J. Watt, who hasn't played 60, or hasn't played 16 games in a long time. You're not willing to reconstruct DeAndre Hopkins' contract because he won an 18-20 a year. But you reconstructed J.J. Watt's contract, who, I'm sorry, has two 
two to three season and the injuries the past couple of years, who hasn't played all 16 games, who hasn't been that same kind of guy. He's getting older, but you reconstructed his contract. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and he's the GM and the coach really had nobody else to consult with. It's his decision based on based on emotion, like you said. And this can have this can have a ripple effect between the rest of the team. I mean, Watson and Hopkins were close. That's his boy, and then you just you do that to him, and then he's like, not only are you taking away my number one receiver, but you just gave away our next best player. If you- for for nothing for a backup. I mean, Drake came in and took David Johnson's job from him, and he can't even stay healthy. They're taking on his full contract of almost $13 million. It's a franchise tag tenure, but... And, mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what they're paying him. Mm-hmm. And it's... Yeah, and you get... was it? And, and then the, you get a second-round pick in David Johnson, and then the Vikings turn around and get a first, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth for Diggs. And a 2021 fourth-round pick. And so, they, they they swap pick four yeah. round picks that year, so it's basically a wash. Yeah, and I mean that doesn't and like you said, agree. You know, D- Diggs heck of a player, but as far as drama and everything else they bring to the the team, Hopkins, you never hear anything about him. All of his teammates loved him. Vikings, he this guy wanted off the Vikings. He's gonna bitch and moan about it till he gets what he wants, which is fine. I guess players have that. You know, power now. Sorry. And so, in Hopkins, you didn't hear anything about that. He, there wasn't any drama with him. There was a rift between him and the coach, whatever that happens. But the entire team had his back. They played as a team. And you're going to, you know, they get way more way more for Diggs than you can for Hopkins. You don't like his Come influence on. on the locker room. Second of all, I think going back to the, we'll talk about Diggs in a minute. But with DeAndre Hopkins, you're basically saying, hey, you don't like his influence on the locker room. Wait a minute. He's been the stable guy that's been there. Clearly, you see... Uh, sorry. Deshaun Watson, after this next season, is going to demand a trade or ask for a trade because there's no, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. You're not going to get there. And I think people think just Who because... Who is? The Texans are not going to win a Super Bowl next year. Oh, or get, so Watson, I didn't hear... Watson's going to demand it after this next season because they're going to say, give it a year, let's see how you do with Duke Johnson. Well, I don't know what college high to win. Will Fuller is not going to stay healthy. And I think I've made this this mistake, and fans have made this mistake in the past. Just because you've worked with Bill Belichick or on the New England staff doesn't mean when you leave you're going to have success. I mean, seriously, I mean, Bill O'Brien, he was around with Aaron and all of them. I could get into that. But in that locker room with DeAndre Hopkins, and DeAndre Hopkins went to Turner City, he has utmost respect for the organization and Bill O'Brien. Whether he means it or not, I don't think he does, but he's just trying to keep the peace and not do any drama. And first of all... And I respect that. I've already had respect for him as a player. He's a baller. But then, obviously, the story came out about his mom last year. I'm like, dude, I already have more respect about you now. So it's like... I mean, seriously... Oh, that's right. His, his mom's blind. Blind. And every time he scores a touchdown, he gives her the football ball. to her. Yeah. I'm like, first of all, you're a joke as a head coach because you've had tremendous talent at the quarterback position. Or potentially. But you don't address the offensive line. You don't address the necessary weapons. So just just stop. It makes me so. I'm, I'm not a Houston Texas fan, but it makes me mad. What the hell is the co- what? What is the owner doing? What is it? What, what does he, he have with the owner though? Does he have like some like nude photo or something? I don't know what it or you know what pick? Well, I think they spent a couple nights together where they were chopping up some white powder or something, man. I mean, I there's, mean, my, there's like, he's got to have something on him, man. And what what did he do to earn being the GM? 
as much as I've done to earn to be the GM. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I mean, seriously, at some point, you've had you've had Andre Johnson, obviously later in his career because you because you played with Bill Belichick before. Andre, and then you had Adrian Foster. DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, think about it here. Deshaun Watson's go-to receiver or player when they're down. Who do they go to? DeAndre Hopkins. That chemistry takes a while to develop. How are you going to develop with Kenny Steele's? Is he going to, you're not going to pay him a long-term deal. And then they start signing these other defensive players. Not to a big year, but just slowly but surely trying to sign these other small defensive players. They're probably not going to pay Larry Tunsil. And that's a scary thing, though, because Sean Watson's a phenomenal player. But sooner or later... Dude, I'd be so pissed if I was him, man. And that's... You know, there's a difference with... Okay, like... You know, and I, I... I read everything and follow everything more about the Niners than anybody else. And plus, you know, I just know them. That's why I use them in a lot of examples. But with Buckner, that's a... They got a 13th round pick for him. They needed, they needed to make a move. The rest, that's a move that, that had to be made. You got good return. The team is going to respect that because they know what you're doing as, you know, as the front office. When you take the, a key player away like this, you don't get the proper return. You kind of do it out of nowhere. That's what causes division within, within the team. They're not going to have your back. They're, going to, they're just going to be... You made that decision, like you had said earlier, based off of emotion and kind of it was an ego. It was an egotistical move too, because he's almost like, "Ha, huh, I can get rid of you." And look what this is what you're worth. You're only worth a second round pick. And the Vikings turn around and get a first, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth, or whatever the heck it was for Diggs. And so, I mean, the Cardinals, the Cardinals took advantage. You got to give them credit. I mean, they, how, how the heck <laughs> did they talk them into that? You're telling me that there wasn't anybody else that they could have got a first round pick for Hopkins for? It's based off of emotions, you think about it. DeAndre Hopkins, a young. Potential promising receiving Christian Kirk, a veteran leader in Lafer Stewart. I think that they're going to be great on the offense side of the ball. Address the offensive line in the draft, and they'll be fine next year. I mean, shoot, you saw slowly but surely. You still got Fitz. I mean, Fitz is older, but he's still. He had over 800 yards last year. He yeah. had 37, I believe. And now, and now Hopkins is going to get the most attention. Oh, Fitz, Fitz is like, you know, he's, he's going to pull a Brady. I'm playing until I'm 45 now. And he deserves it, though. I mean. No, he's he is incredible, man. But you've got. You've got great leadership. Now you've got a possibly, you know, top three. I was going to say possibly the best, but, you know, top three receiver in football in Hopkins. You've got Larry Fitzgerald. You've got Drake, who came in there last year and just did great. You've got, I mean, Kyler Murray had a great rookie season. He's only going to get better. And you throw Hopkins in that mix. He's going to get a lot better. Dude, the NFC West is stacked. The NFC is going to be crazy, though, next year. And... Just the West. I mean, the Rams are having the Rams are just a freaking dumpster fire right now. They're, but they they've made some decent pickups on like when they've made some under the radar kind of moves that have been pretty decent as well. But so they're they're still going to be yeah. So some of their losses though. Todd Gurley obviously they tried to hide that injury. Yeah. I said he's not going to be the same. Dante Fowler goes to the Falcons. Falcons. Todd Gurley to the Falcons. Michael Brockers. Corey Littleton, who is, a, who is a great linebacker, now with the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders are making money moves. And Michael Brockers. I mean, you see, when you go all in in one year, instead of trying to develop for the next two to five to ten years, you see it doesn't work. Because you see Bill Belichick, what Tom Brady did, that's never going to be reproduced. And when you overpay for Jared Goff, potentially Brandon Cook is going to go for a trade. How they did it and when they did it wasn't a recipe for long-term success for their franchise. No, we've said it before. They went they went all in on that one year, 
and they couldn't get it done. Their cap, I mean, this we this was coming. You just look at their cap situation and you knew this was coming. They had less than one million dollars when they <clears throat> went into the twenty eighteen season in cap. You had to think about it, you had a key to leave and all those other guys on the defense side before Aaron Donald got paid. I mean the defense that they had, you know, you take away you've taken away Sue, you take away Fowler, and I know Sue was your you know last off season, but you take away Sue, you take away Fowler, you take away Peters, you take away Talib, you take I mean, you know, they're not they're nowhere the same team. They probably got you know, out of their twenty two starters, they probably got eight left from that Super Bowl run and maybe more than eight when you count the you know O line. You don't have any quarterbacks. Like you Coleman they didn't pick up his option, of course, because they don't have money. Uh Cape Talib doesn't I don't think he even plays in the NFL no more. So you got no corners. We got Aaron Donald, who stat-wise was good, but didn't make a difference, though. Um, Corey Lewington is gone. Who's, he flew under the radar, but he's a great linebacker. No, they, they got that the corner from when they made the Peters trade. Oh, Marcus, or, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. But he's now – they have to pay him. I mean, you trade that much of a – and this is about pride. We can talk about the Cowboys in a minute here. But when you trade that high pick, you're either going to have to pay him or swallow your pride and move on. But they're not going to swallow their pride. They're going to pay him. But how are they going to do that when they don't have the money? They weren't able to pick up the kill Coleman's option. I pronounce his name. The guy that had that penalty against the Saints. So you don't have the money. Aaron Donald's cap hit next year. God knows how much is that going to be. Jared Goff, who is thirty over thirty and a half million in cap hit the next two years. Thirty and a half. Thirty. I think he's like thirty-one, thirty-two this year. Thirty and a half next year. And this last year was deal like twenty-nine and a half. That's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Jared Goff isn't the guy. He's never... When a guy has weapons his whole career, you would think, oh, he should be in the MVP conversation. He should be to multiple Pro Bowls or All-Pro and All-Pro team. You've had the weapons, dude. Just stop. Feel bad for Rams fans because it's like potentially you're headed in the right direction after that Super Bowl, though. They had that injury. Todd Gray had that injury. It doesn't just affect his career. It affects after his career. Yeah, he can be effective in the red zone, but Todd Gurley isn't that same guy. And they released him before 4 p.m., so they don't have to give him that $10 million. <clears throat> and what uh, Steve, Steve Smith did was a good, uh, good thought. They could the, Rams are, the Rams are still paying a good chunk. To no, they're paying seven and a half next year, <clears throat> uh, five or six for this contract next year. They could have picked up his fifth-year option, and then after, I think, last year or the year before, they could have been done with him. They didn't have to own any money or pay him anything in this contract next year. But they didn't do that. And now you're slowly but surely going to have to start over. And when you have to slowly but surely start over and don't realize it, then you overpay for a quarterback, you're in this situation that the Rams are in. Yep. And, that, and that's why people can knock, you know, even there's just stupid people in general, but there's stupid fans on every team. And some of the Niners fans were so mad about Buckner. Those are the tough decisions you got to make, man. When you, you go to the Super Bowl and you, you bring back 20 of your 22 starters – that's that's a pretty solid offseason. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I mean, I can't give him enough credit for getting that 13th pick for Armstead or for Buckner when he could have walked. So, but we all saw this coming with the Rams, and that's what you've got to, you know, you've got to pre- prevent that and make the tough decisions that's best for the team. Just like year after year after year after year, the Patriots don't overpay anybody. They don't have the flashiest they, right, guys. When, when these guys are out there, when they can get the most for them, they do that. They make those trades. They bring somebody else in to fill the role and to play the scheme, and that's that's what you got to do. I mean, and then when the guys are up for a big contract after a Super Bowl, they they go to Detroit. 
<laughs> and two or three of the parties are in Detroit. And people are freaking out here. Oh, my God, we didn't go after a lot of big free agent guys. So I was like, first of all, what have you done the past 20 years? Not usually go after big free agent guys, and you've had success. I don't think people need to stop overreacting with Bill Belichick's uh, wormhole. But they'll be fine. One thing here, Tennessee, though, I think Ryan Taylor did play great last year, but do you think he deserved all the money that he's got or he's going to get in the next couple of years? No, it, it, it didn't need to be that. I agree, because we're actually not going to go each individual stacks. We could be here all day. But his stats, though, against losing record, against losing teams with losing records, okay, don't make the playoffs. 11 touchdowns to four picks. Eh, not bad, I guess. Teams against losing with winning record. Of course, he played the Texas twice, division team. 35 and 13, nine touchdowns, one pick. But take away, say the Texans weren't in divisional team, then you have eight touchdowns, one pick. I mean, that's not bad, but don't tell me that Tannehill did most of the work and that he deserves as much money as he get. When he played against teams with losing record, his career completion, or his career, completion percentage was 74%, or 73.9. And those records have 82 and 78 with teams with losing record. Go to teams with winning record, they're 35 and 13, and he's 136 for, uh, you're, sorry, You're time with the Dolphins. That's almost not fair. No, no I'm talking, this is time with Tennessee last year. This is time, the games that he started with Tennessee last year. Well, you were talking about his overall wins and losses. That's not just There's not just stats, but don't, I'm just trying to prove my point, saying that he doesn't, people should say he deserves all the money that he did over half the break, and that's just not true. Because, like I said, Derek Perry is the focal point of the offense. They're not asking him to throw three, four hundred yards a game. When they stopped Derrick Henry when the AFC Championship game, they had to rely on Ryan Tannehill, and they haven't had to do that all season or in the postseason. And then he had that interception by Honey Badger, and that totally changed it. And then you see Ryan Tannehill try to throw the ball, try to get Derrick Henry back the ball. There's no doubt Ryan Tannehill deserved to get paid, but to the amount that he did, I don't think so. And you pay him, and then you tag Henry. But again, at this, you look on the other side. You'd be, oh, look at Todd Gurley or CJ 2 k Chris Johnson, when they paid him. That's just the reality, even though it's harsh and it's terrible, because the running back's prime years are at most four years. And after that, if you're lucky, you have some good, decent years. Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore are the rare exception to that rule. Yeah. <clears throat> so they'll you – know, I, mean, I don't think Henry has a problem with the tag because he's getting paid that much and he expects to be paid next offseason. So he'll. I think he'll be there. I think they've got – They've got some good chemistry going on that team. They'll be all right. Who is not going to be there in training camp is Dak Prescott. Yeah. He, I guarantee you, <laughs> I would bet you my kids that Dak Prescott is not going to be in training camp. It worked for Zeke last year. What are they going to do without Dak Prescott? They can't. He knows he's got the leverage. He knows they're going to pay him. There's not a chance that he shows up for training camp. And why would you not work this out now instead of waiting to deal with this mess? Because it's going to become a distraction, and they know they're going to pay him anyways. They should, and now maybe they tagged him just to work that out, which they have the deadline for working it out. Yeah, so they've got a little while, but they better get it done by then because (laughs) it's going to become a distraction. All the sports networks are hoping they don't, so they can talk about it. Because, but he's he's not showing up. He's going, and you're going to have between between Zeke Elliott and. Prescott and Amari Cooper, they're gonna take up they're gonna take up like two thirds, well over they had to their entire cap on three they, players. They had sixty plus million dollars of cap, and I said this. For this to happen, to keep Amari Cooper, they have to. Just like with Jalen Ramsey, you trade the high pick, 
trade the first round pick halfway through the 2018 season. To get that Prescott a number one guy. But to keep them both, like I said, you have to pay market for top five receiver money, even though he's not a top five receiver. And I had people on social media say, oh, if he went on your team, you wouldn't be complaining. Like, yeah, I don't want him on my team. I'm being straightforward with that. So you have to pay Mark Cooper top five receiver money. Then you have to franchise tag Dak to keep those guys together. Obviously, long term, I don't know, but he's gonna get paid. And I'm not. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Dak Prescott has obviously over more lived up to the hype. And I only say that for one reason: fourth round pick, and wasn't expected to start. But now. On the other side, hey, Carson Wentz last year. Obviously, Adam Dizzer, he got get the amount of money he got paid. But with those type of receivers, they they won the division, even though a lot of teams they played weren't that great. But they won the division. But if I had to pick between Carson Wentz and Prescott, I only pick Prescott because of health. Yeah. And I think, though, Dak Prescott getting the exclusive franchise tag, people don't know football, that makes means he can't talk to any team in free agency. You're basically, it's like a, I don't know what else we call yeah, it. Yeah, it was the exclusive tag. So, I mean, he's he's there. He's not going anywhere. And I I figured they were going to pay Prescott and tag Cooper. Instead, they flipped that around, and they they well, got to get it done. Well, when when you trade your first-round pick for up. a guy, like I said, it's either you swallow your pride and move on, or you pay him top five money at his position. But they had to keep him, too. It's like he, you know, Zeke, Cooper, and Deck were the entire offense. So you get rid of any one of those guys, they're in a they're in a bad spot. So they had to figure out how to keep all three of them, and they went with paying Cooper and tagging Dak, and they're going to have to fork it out. And it sucks, though, because I think Mark Cooper is great. Yes, he does elevate Dak Prescott's numbers, but he has to be on the field to develop his numbers. And he's not a top-five receiver. Never has been. He'll have two or three games of, like, 100 yards, four touchdowns, and then disappear for the rest of the season. But he can't have that next year. To help elevate that Prescott's numbers. He's done that his whole career. So I wouldn't expect his habits of those kind of games to change anytime soon. And they they lost Jones on the defensive side. and <laughs> To Miami. He's going to pay like 18, 19 next year. Ooh. Yeah. Miami making money. Paid. But what helps, I think <clears throat> Miami's heading in the right direction, though, because they have a defensive-minded head coach. So potentially, I'm not saying it could work, but with the defensive-minded head coach, maybe he is able to potentially find the right guys in for agency on the defensive side of the ball. What you have, um, you know, so you got Byron Jones, I can't remember who else they have, but they have, they made many good decisions just alone on the defense side of the ball. Signed Jordan Howard to a two-year deal on the offense. Yeah, but there is other one thing I want to say. But either way, Miami's making good moves. Cowboys is uncertain, though. I think he will get paid. He would just have to do what Ezekiel Elliott did. But, I don't know. And then the Bears. Okay, first of all, I want to address this real quick. They're saying that Nick Foles is going to make that, what do you call, magical run with Chicago, like he did with Philadelphia. But, number one, think about this, though. Like, we both said, regular season Nick Foles to playoff Nick Foles is a totally different story. And, I'm not taking away what he did in the playoffs, no doubt in my mind. But... He had the offensive line, the receivers, the tight end, the running back, and the defense. Going to a team where they have the defense. They just don't have the potential of the receiving weapons or the running back. So don't tell me that he's going to have that same kind of success. When you have to face the Vikings, the uh, Packers, too. 
So he's just not going to have that same kind of run because he doesn't have that same kind of offensive guys. I mean, he's, like he not, guaranteed, he's not guaranteed the starting spot. Well, financially, they, they you're going to keep it open, 20. There's open Trubisky. Yeah, and fairy tale land. And I'm not saying that he is going to light it up, but the amount of money he's getting paid against the cap next year, you're not going to have him as a backup, even if, even if he doesn't do good. Because he still has three years left on his contract. So unless you can reconstruct that and get that money to spread it around for other guys in the draft or free agency next year, I don't know. But the amount of money he's getting paid, you can't have him as a backup. And it wasn't a good decision in general, obviously. But that amount of money he's getting paid, there's no way you're going to have him on the sidelines. You're going to get made fun of or whatever. But, again, it's a lose-lose situation with Chicago in that decision. And the Pan- Panthers, I mean, I, I thought Bridgewater was going to the Bears. I did, too, because I did, too. It would have been a great fit. I think him going to Carolina, for him, money-wise, it's a great fit. But other than that, it's not a great fit because you have to address the whole defense. You don't pick up Dante Poe's option on his contract. He's your free agent. Luke Keekley retires. Greg Olson's with Seattle. So they have to re- practically redo the whole defense. Um, James Badbury is with the uh, Giants now. So you have to rebuild the whole defense, the offensive line. I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, you still have a lot of positions to address. So it's not like next year, oh, they're player-wise or whatever-wise, that they're Super Bowl contenders. It's a good contract for him. He deserves to get paid. Obviously, you don't go back to the Saints. Drew Brees came back for two years. Yeah. But with the amount of positions they need to address, and with the seven-year contract of Matt Rule, it's not like they're Super Bowl contenders. It's like they're trying to build it for the future. So. Yeah, there's... A lot of their fans were ticked, and they figured Bridgewater or Cam Newton. And Newton's an option for the Patriots, I guess. I'd still say Brissett's going to go back there, but... Yeah, he definitely costs less money. It's Bill Belichick when he would have to reconstruct his contract to be with the Patriots. So where is he playing next year? This is the the first ones I'm going to have to say. I have no idea. Because the Chargers say... uh, Is it the Chargers? Yeah, they're basically saying uh, they're going to stick with Tyrod Taylor. And this is how stupid fans are. They're like, oh my god, you can't win a Super Bowl with Tyrod Taylor. But first of all, think logically. They said they're sticking with Tyrod Taylor. They didn't say he's going to be the guy next year. They just said they're not going to sign a guy in free agency with the draft as a veteran quarterback. They're going to draft a guy. I pick Cam Newton potentially going to the Chargers with the kind of guys that they have. Austin Eckler. I uh, can't remember who you have at receiver. But all those guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kenan Allen. I mean, he's a nice, decent receiver, but at least you have an option there. And then maybe Hunter Henry plays better. But I don't I have no idea. Chicago has their guy. Chargers aren't going to trade for a veteran quarterback. So at some point, it's either one and done. I don't think he has any, hardly any options at all. And look at James Winston, too. They're both done. I think James Winston's done in the NFL as a starter. Kim Newton, he potentially could be done. I mean... As a starter, at least. Cam Newton has very limited options as a starter. Who do you have, really? Most teams have their quarterback. I don't know who they're going to draft. Where can he go as a starter at this point? Bucks, Brady, uh, Carolina, obviously got Bridgewater. So, and he only has one more year left on this contract, though. So after this next year, he's a free agent. So where does he really go? Does he go how many, how many potentially times? to the Colts after this next season? Because Philip Rivers is on a one-year deal? I don't know. But until then... He didn't have any options as a starter. Yeah, how many times has there been a quarterback that's thrown for 30 touchdowns that 
doesn't even know where he's playing the following season. I mean, he had, he had 30 touchdowns. He also had 30 interceptions. He had a and 30 he, for 30, and it wasn't a documentary. It was actually a season. <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, he, he got LASIK. He got his vision corrected. A lot of people said, oh, that's going to correct his interceptions. Okay, what's it going to do to his touchdowns? He threw 30 touchdowns with bad vision, too. Maybe those were due to that. <clears throat> so, yeah, you got, 30, you got 30 interceptions. You also had 30 touchdowns. And... He's still there's potential there for sure though, and not very often you see a quarterback that's thrown for thirty touchdowns that doesn't know where he's playing the next season. I think that because he's the same kind of guy where he sucks, but he's could potentially be great. He could have one touchdown to four picks, and the next game have four touchdowns to one pick or five touchdowns to one picks, and only like six incompletions. So he's great, but he's terrible. I don't think he has any options as a starter next year. There's a rumor of a two-year, twenty-seven million dollar deal with the Bucks. They got they have that to Jason Pierce Paul. So I don't think he has any options as a starter. I think potentially he does go to the Patriots because his fifth year option is done. His rookie contract is done. So he's obviously not gonna get crazy money. If Dak Prescott's gonna wait to get paid till this offseason, Philip Rivers got paid. Where do you have to go? Chargers aren't trading or signing guy a veteran quarterback. So you don't have any options as a starter. I think he's done potentially done in obviously done in the NFL as a starter. As a backup, there's a lot of options. Yeah, I mean he's gonna have to he's gonna have to take swallow some pride, take a lot less money for a couple of years somewhere, get a chance to prove himself, and then correct that turnover issue. And he he deserves to be somewhere. He showed enough to that he can be an NFL quarterback. You I mean you correct those turnovers and you're looking at a you know you're looking at a solid player. But it's but, like you have Mike. I mean he has never done that, so he you, has to do that first. You had Mike Evans, and at the time a prime Doug Martin before he's probably out of the NFL. You've had the weapons. You had Vincent Jackson near the end of his career. Mike Evans, now Chris Godwin, Cameron Brady, and other guys. <clears throat> so it's frustrating and exciting at the same time, but weird because he has that tremendous talent, but also doesn't fully show out. It's just weird. I don't think he, he has no options as a starter anymore. It's over. No, every every team is filled. So the one thing. The Patriots. Going before, I could go. <laughs> Talk about this one all day, but Melvin Gordon to the Broncos makes me so mad. I never wanted him on my team. People are like, oh, he's a good running back. Really? What has he done? Name one thing that Melvin when I Gordon saw has that, done. I just started laughing. I'm like, John's no, going to be so pissed. I am pissed <laughs> because he, that makes him the fourth highest paid running back. Are you serious? He's not, like I said before, it makes me so mad. I'm laughing, but... Because think about this here. Is he Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, or uh, Christian McCaffrey... Or Philip Lindsay, or ten other fifteen guys. No, he's not. So you're gonna split the carries with Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay was solely but surely developing as a running back. Shoot, he went undrafted out of Colorado, I believe. So you're gonna split the carries with him. And you won't see Philip Lindsay's full potential in the offense because you have to do a Mark Ingram type, Alvin Kamara type of situation. Philip, or not Philip, Melvin Gordon's a good running back. Really, he can't stay healthy. His his average per game is terrible. One 1,000-yard season. Fine, I'll give you that because it's not always about 1,000 yards. He's just not that guy. He's never made the team better. How are you going to elevate? We're great on defense, but Melvin Gordon? No! John Elway, what are you doing? No. That makes me so mad. <laughs> Gosh. How can you honestly think that that's a good answer? Yeah, like a two-year 16, I think. There's a reason why. He's getting not, not, not staying with the Chargers. There's it's a reason 12, why. 12 and a half guaranteed. You got replaced by an undrafted guy. There's a reason why. Well, multiple reasons. Terrible agent, and you're just not a good running back. I hope he did fire his agent. He obviously didn't now, but his agent is... I don't know who his agent is, 
but he's stupid because thinking that he could get more than ten million a year. I don't want him on my team. This 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 has to be like a bad dream where I need to wake up. It's so, over. No, John Elway, I don't know what you're doing. It's stupid. We just bring back Devin Booker as the, like the backup. Cost a lot less money. And Melvin Gordon can go somewhere else. I thought Melvin Gordon was going to go to Miami because he, I said he would potentially go to the team that has a lot of cap. But clearly, I was wrong, and I will never get over it. I'm ready for 2022 to be here already. You just better hope he, that he can do something. <laughs> and Madden, he can. That's it. All you can do is hope at this point. Hope that there was something Elway saw that you didn't, and... That's funny. I was just laughing. It makes me mad. But Jason wouldn't know to the Las Vegas Raiders. And people were surprised. That shocked me. Well, to the Raiders, yes and no, because so much has happened in free agency, you never know. But on the other side of this, you're like, oh, he wasn't going to come back to the Cowboys? First of all, there's already rumors he's not coming back. You play, or play, paid Blake Jarwin. He's 26 years old. He's mostly a blocking tight end. You don't have to pay him a lot of money. Jason Wentz going to be 37. But think about it. On the, just on the offensive side of the ball for the Raiders. Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, Rodney Hudson at center, Richard Incognito at left guard. You have Darren Waller, Hunter Winfro, Hunter Winfro, and then Greg Olson as a backup, or a couple of times on key second or third down plays. A great veteran guy on and off the field. Been to a Super Bowl, been to the playoffs multiple times, so he can give that kind of experience on how the Raiders should handle it. Just on the offensive side of the ball, the Raiders have a lot to do, and I think people have been unfair on Derek Carr. You lost two of your starting offensive linemen to free agency. They let him go when John Gruden came. His career completion percentage was the highest Davis ever had. Third from 4,000 plus yards the last two years. So I knew they weren't going to move on from him. Just Greg Olson on the Raiders, I think is a good fit. I'm not surprised. It's only what? Not that it's about, it's less than $5 million. It's not much at all. So. Yeah, it's, it's going to be weird seeing Witten in another jersey. And I figured it was going, it was the Cowboys are retiring. I thought potential of the Giants because of uh, Jason Garrett's offensive coordinator and Evan Ingram was potentially going to be shocked because he's injury prone and then the Giants are concerned about him just not showing up. Yeah, it'll be weird seeing him in, a, in another jersey. Like, I mean, I think he's four touchdowns or two touchdowns behind uh, behind Michael Irvin for okay. the all-time in Cowboys history. So I he'd come back, just get those four touchdowns. So I figured it was Cowboys or retire onto the Raiders. So... You got Witten on the Raiders, you got Hopkins in Arizona, you got Diggs in Buffalo, you got TB12 in Tampa Bay. Randall Cobb. It's, it's going to be a fun season, man. Randall Cobb with the Texans, though. On a two-year, I believe it's a two-year deal. I know it's a small, but... That ain't replacing Hopkins. No, it's not. It's three-year deal with 27, so about eight to nine a year. I know it's a smaller sign, but it's also big at the same time, because you trade Yandre Hopkins. This guy had a great year last year. They could have signed into a small deal, still had enough money left to pay Prescott and maybe another backup running back or whatever. They had the money to reset. He was a great, he had almost 900 yards. He was a great guy when Amari Cooper wasn't in. Give him on the slot. He was great. But he handled the Houston Texans. Who's going to be it? You have Will Fuller, who hasn't decided to pick up his fifth year option. You have Kenny Stills. I don't know how much is left in his contract. He's 26, about the same, a year or year and a half older than Will Fuller. Darren Fellows, who's a much older tight end, but he's a great guy. He picked, signed him for a couple of years. So how is he going to fit in that offense? So Will Fuller can't stay healthy. Is he a number one option? I don't think he is, but he's a 
100% a second option on the team. But now, he's potentially, he's going to have to be the first option because you traded DeAndre Hopkins, which was stupid. Yeah, this, this year, the, the draft is loaded with wide receivers. This is the best. And, I mean, that's got to be what the 49ers are doing at 13. They, you know, I think they need to get Boreham back. And if they don't, they'll get a second-round pick for him. But get, get Boreham back. And he's not, you know, he's, he had some drops. But the last half the year, his drops went way down. He, he was a key part of the offense. So losing Sanders, out of the three starting three wide receivers, you have Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, and Kendrick Bourne. Got to get Bourne back. And then at number 13, if Lamb or Judy are there and you put them in with – you put them in next to Debo, I mean, that's a, that's a solid young wide receiving core, and that would be exciting. But in other news, uh, Dave and Clowney and the Seahawks, they offered him 18 – and a half million a year. Now, of course, like I said, he's not a top five defensive player. Had injuries South Carolina. His first two years, he played, what, eight to nine games at most. It's not guaranteed he's going to play all 16 games. And he's on the field. Did he bring any added value to the Seattle Seahawks? No. They've been to the playoffs without him. They, oh, maybe they, they won the wild card round. Well, yeah, they played. They had Joshua McCown as a starter. Seattle had a 22nd ranked defense. With, Seattle offered him 18 and a half? That's what's been reported. He better grab that. But he's he not going to get that anywhere else. But however, he's seeking a deal with twenty million per year and is willing to accept a one year deal if he gets that value. Which means that if he, even if it's a one year deal, he could still get us potentially twenty million dollars. I thought he could go to Miami, but not because of necessarily his skill set. Because Miami has a lot of money. Miami, premise has almost still three to four to six seven positions to address on the defense. He's not as great as people think. There's a I I agree with the Texans trading him. That's the only trade from the Texans I agree with because he wasn't consistent he can't stay healthy that's the only trade from bill o'brien who should be on the hot seat that traded him yeah you i mean he should take i mean if he can get a one-year 20 million and if there's a team that has that cap it's not going to hurt him at all this year then you might you know do it see if he can stay healthy but 20 over 20 million a year he's just no way he's worth that i don't think he's worth anywhere even close to 18.5 so he better you better snag that from the Seahawks why they still have that to offer. Exactly. I mean, that defense, they don't really need him at all. I mean, shoot. Uh, they, I, like I said before, they made the playoffs the year before, and Russell Wilson was the focal point of the team. So it's that simple. But obviously, I'd be kind of shipped over from Todd Gurley. But Todd Gurley, though, they would be like, oh, my God, we got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley coming back, Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley. There's a reason why they released him. I don't think it's going to be as good as people think. There's I mean, a reason why it's a one-year deal. Georgia. Yeah, he, so he he's played. back home. If he can stay healthy, then he can have a... But it's arthritis, though. It's not so. like a, you have a common cold or ACL where you can't come back from. This is arthritis, though. So it's not like you can rehab for... I don't know anything about it, but I'm assuming even if you rehab for a year, it's not like a thing that just goes away. Yeah, that, I, I mean, just, I, the Falcons last year is just... I don't know what happened. The defense and the defensive injuries hurt him because if you look at Matt Ryan, he's putting up MVP. He's throwing for almost ten thousand yards the past two seasons. He's putting up the good numbers. So, defensive injuries of the year before this last season, they had a couple of defensive starters who were out for the year. I'm not excusing them, but Matt Ryan's put up the numbers. So it's not like Matt Ryan isn't producing at all. He is. So, but I think Dan Quinn should also be on the hot seat for next year. That's a good division. I mean, the Ram, the Rams, the NFC West is looking like the Rams are going to be on the taking the spot of the basement for this yeah. season, though. Because I'm Rams, the Seahawks, the Niners, the Cardinals, the moves they made. Kyler Murray's going to play better. That man, that division, 
It's going to be the West, West NFC South. Wow. NFC is going to be a lot tougher now than the AFC because of, well, uh, Brady's gone. Mahomes is going to rule the AFC, though, now. He, I, he did last season. He will yep. for years to come. You got Baltimore. The AFC is basically Baltimore. And Chiefs. Chiefs, Baltimore, and Tennessee. I don't think t- I'd rule out Tennessee for next year. But. Yeah, well, I mean, as far as going to the, going to the Super Bowl, I'd have to call the Chiefs. But, oh, sure. I mean, it's the best records in the AFC are going to be the Titans, the Chiefs, and the and Baltimore's. You know, sooner or later, it's going to click for Lamar Jackson. But in the I, I think though too with Lamar Jackson though, sign up is I think he's going to be great next year. But he cannot run as much as he did last year and expect to have a longevity starting career in the NFL. So the NFL teams are going to watch him. They're going to figure it out. So what can you do different? Work on him being a better passer, which is scary because he improved even game after game last year as yeah. a passer. But he cannot run as much if you want that. Because, like I said, running first-type quarterbacks don't last. Johnny Manziel, perfect example. Because even in college, he saw some of those kind of deep balls he threw were not very good. But he had Mike Evans, that receiver. Uh, Cam Newton, up to this point, injuries. So running first-type quarterbacks don't last. I mean, look at Russell Wilson. He's very mobile, but that's not his first reaction as a quarterback. Kaepernick, once they stopped him and he had to learn how to pass... It couldn't. Did not work. And so, yeah, the league, the league will figure them out. They always do. So, and I'm just, I just want football to get started. It's the best sports time of the year with all these big names and new places and some great teams. It's going to be. It's, it's going to be, be the wildest season. season in my lifetime because every trade I thought has happened, I never thought would happen ever. DeAndre Hopkins, Diggs, Brady, Sanders, Gurley, all those guys. I mean, my gosh, is. I can't wrap my head around it, and it's it's already Saturday. So we can't not we can't talk about sports and not talk about this coronavirus out there. So a lot of you listening are stuck in your house. You're appreciating teachers more than you ever have because your kids are at home, stuck in a room. Hey, they can they have their kids in the classroom for however many hours a day, and you can't do it with your own kids. So teachers out there, I give you props for doing what you can do with the kids. Everybody out there, stay safe. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's only gonna get worse before it gets better. California is on lockdown. My father-in-law is supposed to be moving here on the 31st of this month. He already bought a house. He's signing and moving in on the 31st and now he's not allowed to leave the state. So don't know exactly what's going on there. The entire, I mean, March Madness shut down NBA season may be canceled depending on how long this drags out. I think baseball so. season is looking at playing the least number of games they played in a season in 138 years. I, There's nothing going on. That's why I said at the beginning, thank you NFL for giving us yeah, something to talk about and keeping us entertained because it's just been that. But everybody out there just, you know, I mean, my mom has had a liver transplant. She's going through chemo right now. She is the type of person that needs to stay in her house. I'm not, you know, I'm a healthy 41-year-old male. I'm not concerned about it for myself or my family. But another thing, like everybody says, you know, well, you can get it and it may not be dangerous for you, but you're going to pass it on to somebody it is dangerous for, immunosuppressed, elderly, the, you know, infants. And so everybody just needs to be smart. They said, what are you going to tell your kids about coronavirus? I'm going to tell them what I tell them every day. Go wash your hands. And so I don't think it's as, you know, obviously it's a big deal. Is it being blown out of proportion? Yes. Do we need to be careful? Listen to the CDC. Take their advice. Yes. But everybody out there, just 
stay safe. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping this will bring a lot of people to Jesus. This can cause a revival. It can cause families to actually sit down and have dinner together and be productive. I think NBA should cancel their season because there's not enough time between the training camp and next season. Oh. Why? 